just like that, another flashbang episode of the Causeway Kings coming back at you. Playoff edition. Your friend Ben alongside Adam Clancy and Merrill Marshall. Possibly Beacon later. And as always, Chigs in spirit right here on the WMEX Podcast Network. Boys, that was not the first game we wanted to see out of the black and gold with a 5-1 loss there. And that was not a good look. Uh, let's jump right on in, and we have a lot to talk about because there were a lot of games last night. There's a lot of games tonight, and, uh, well, a lot to go. First of all, Clancy, good to see you, and uh, take it away, brother. Oh, it's great to be back on with you guys. Um, you know, looking forward to it. Nice Tuesday evening. Got some good hockey on TV right now. Uh, you know, obviously, we had the start of the playoffs last night. Not really game one that I wanted out of the Bs, but that's why they play seven. So we uh, we got a lot to talk about, but I'm excited for it. Absolutely. It's good to be here uh, with you. And, uh, you know, it's got a lot to talk about. That game last night, uh, namely, was uh, was not good. Um, a lot uh, a lot that they need to, the Bruins need to work on. And, you know, overall, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a slog of a series. I think we can uh, we could definitely uh, surmise that it's going to be a grind for sure. No, absolutely. I mean, overall, I, I don't think the Bruins played bad. I, I thought they played well. Um, you know, I mean, some of the goals, if, if Trocek takes that backhand shot from the goal line 10 times, he makes it one. You know, that was just a, a fluke goal. Um, and, I, you know, I, I've watched it a few times. And if you notice when, when he makes that shot and it's going over Almark's back, Almark kind of goes like this. Like he kind of like jerks his shoulder back, yeah, and almost like to me it looks like that's what deflected it in the net. So it, you you now you're thinking like if he doesn't do that, does the puck just go straight across the goal line and out the other side? And now you know it, it's you know not, it takes the you know doesn't take the momentum out of the Bruins. Um, I I thought you know again I mean Carolina plays a heavy game and they, they, and they smother you they they don't give you time the space that other teams typically do especially when you're on the power play and i think that's where the bruins should have been able to capitalize better and they didn't which in my my opinion was one of the reasons why they lost that game was just how ineffective they were on that power play it was a momentum killer uh, i mean not, not only was it a situation where they weren't able to score they gave carolina all the momentum back and you know, getting back to that goal that was scored um, by Trocek, I feel like there's a book. There's been a few of those goals that have gone in against Allmark. I feel like there's sort of a book on him now on those bad angle shots. I, I don't feel like he, he hugs the post enough, and I, I feel like he makes himself a little smaller. And um, I think, like you said, if he stays upright more, I, I think that puck either hits him in the shoulder or it, it uh, you know, just caroms, you know, um, into a non-danger area. Um, in, in, in overall, I, I thought, you know, I, I have a lot of thoughts. Basically, I didn't think the Bruins, their best players didn't play well. Um, and th this team doesn't have the depth that can allow their best players to not have good games. Um, you know, I don't know what's wrong with Brad Marchand. I don't know if it's physical. I think it's probably a combination of mental and physical. He's got to find his game. 
Um, Matt Grizzlick, I thought last night that, you know, that was a, that was a tough, that was a tough decision. Uh, you know, that was a pivotal moment in the game on that pinch. I understand he's trying to make a play there. Um, but I think he, he needs to realize that he doesn't have the support there with the puck rocketing. Um, you know, you've got the forwards flying in, um, you know, Hall taking a shot. They're going to the net. He, he's got to try and hang back there. And I get it. You know, it's a quick, fast game. Shit happens in the blink of an eye. And you got to make a split second, you know, half second decision, not even a second. Do I go or do I hang back? And, you know, they, they, uh, they kill all the momentum the Bruins had closing the gap. And uh, it's a 3-1 game. But I just want to get back, starting with the first period, if we want to go in order. Just um, I thought that was their best period. They came out and they dictated tempo. Um, they had nice breakouts. They managed to puck well. And um, they had Carolina on their heels. And I feel like in the road, in, on a road playoff game, when you're the road team, you got to take, especially down there, you got to take the crowd out of it and score first. Yep. Um, they didn't do it. And it, it, you kind of felt like, man, oh, man, um, they played a great game and they almost have nothing to show for it. And, um, you know, they, they have to find a way to, to poke through. And my thing, and the thing I'll do before we go back to you, Clance, I just want to say that. You know, the 16 or 21 to two now, it's not so much the 21 goals that they scored. The me that's a concerning thing is they've only scored two goals against them this season. That's the concerning thing. Um, yep. And I think Carolina scored 22. 21. Yeah, 21, 22, 21 and 20. Like Still, like, that's not, that's not a good ratio. <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, and it's, the thing is, it's really, truly, like, they play a different style, Carolina does, than like the Islanders, which just clogged up the neutral zone. They just had big bodies and they played a heavy game. Like they play structure, but it's with like pace and speed. Like they're always, they always have guys going at the puck. They're always playing downhill. And even their defensemen, like you'll see their defensemen just routinely pinch and come in on the four check. Like it's, it's, uh, it's gotta be, you know, it's gotta be difficult to play against, but the, you know, they, they only have five guys on the ice at a time. So if you can break the puck out, I feel like the Bruins can get, can counter that, but it's just a mat. And they did that in the first period pretty well. It's just, they got, um, they got to finish. They they have to find a way to bury these. And um, I wanted to get your thoughts, Clance on, um, I'm not sure if you heard the Taylor Hall comments today or yesterday after the game. Um, I, didn't, I didn't hear them though. No. So if you, so I paraphrased two things. Um, so the first thing he said was, um, was something to the effect of, you know, we've outshot a lot of teams this year, but playoff hockey is about getting to the dirty areas and scoring goals. And basically he's saying that the team doesn't get to the dirty areas enough. They don't go to the net enough. And case in point, um, remember that play that Ian Cole made diving across the, the crease to deflect a shot, yep. uh, block a shot. You know, Jake DeBrusque, if you look back on that, he did kind of like a flyby yeah. where he didn't like stop up. Um, maybe that's what we Hall was alluding to amongst others. I'm just thinking of one example. I mean, you know, there's a million, um, you know, chances in a game as far as the puck chaining possessions. But the other thing he said was um, basically, again, I'm paraphrasing, that he's saying um, about the goal that was scored um, to, to give them uh, – to give them a three, one lead after they cut it to, to a one goal game. When he, when Hall scored, he said, 
you know, there's still a lot of time left in the game. We can't have us basically, you know, mortgage the farm and, and play risky hockey when uh, when we have a, ch- you know, when, when we're when we have the momentum, when we kind of tilted the ice. I think he was taking a I would think, he, I mean, you could take it for what you want. I, I think he was sort of taking a shot at Grizzly there. I'm not sure. I mean, that second pair had a rough game. I thought. I thought the. I thought McAvoy played amazingly, but that second pair had a rough one. Um, on that second goal, they were kind of got caught watching the paint dry a little bit. But I just wanted. I mean, do you think there's anything behind the comments? I agree with his first comment. I'm not sure about him, whether he aired him out or whether he was just like. I don't, I don't think he aired them out. I mean, the first comment I, I agree with, I, I I think the Bruins get to the dirty areas, but I don't think they get there quick enough. Agreed. It's almost like they're a little hesitant on going to the dirty areas, and then they realize, oh, shit, I got to get there. Um, you know, and like, you know, you paraphrase with Hall's comment, like, this is playoff hockey. This is a different breed of hockey. Like, you can't be doing flybys. You've got to go to the dirty areas. You got to take those slashes, those cross checks, those punches, those shoves. You want to get to round two. Those are the things that you have to do. You got to um, put up with the bullshit to get to the sunshine. It's just like life. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, um, you know, they, they can sit there and say all night, all day long, like we want to win the cup. We want to win the cup. We're going to do what it takes to win the cup. Don't say it, go out and do it. You know, go like if I'm a forward, and I see Ian Cole diving across the crease with a hand to knock a puck away. I'm going full tilt, diving with my stick in front, going for the puck. It's play of hockey. If I hurt his arm, hey, tough shit. I hurt his arm. My job is to get that puck in the net and win the game. You know, um, the, the second I comment, I, I don't think he's calling it out. I, I think it's more of collective, collective, like, hey, we're down. As a team, we need to be smart and, and, and claw, claw our way back in and not take chances as a group. You know, I'm sure some people could say that is a shot at Grizzly because it did cost us the, the, the go-ahead goal, the, you know, to make it 3-1, where Hall comes down, scores a beautiful goal. You know, again... I thought he was fabulous play. last night. He was he was my number one star. It was him, McAvoy, and I put Allmark in there because Allmark, uh, I thought, played pretty well for the most part. It was tough finding a third star after those two. I was like, yeah, Geez. I mean, I, I didn't. I thought Hall was definitely one of the best forwards out there. Yeah, like I said, he had a beautiful goal, and then you know after that, like he was buzzing. He he yeah. made the back check play, which he regrouped in the neutral zone, came down, let a missile go, but again. You know, as a coach, and what I you know preach to my players for the last fifteen years is, you need to shoot low. Yeah, shooting high, you're making the goalie's job easier. You're either going to miss the net or he's just going to catch it. If you, I always tell my players, you shoot from the waist down or kneecap down, because there's going to be a rebound there. He's got a full head of steam. He's already got the defenseman off balance a little bit. You got your two forwards going to the net. Exactly. Instead, he takes a fucking missile over the net. Rims it around. Grizzlick makes that pinch. Hesitant, 50-50. Hey, you're either going to go over the body or take the puck, pick one. Which then caused them to go down 2-on-1 and score. Yeah. So I don't necessarily think he's taking a dig at, at, at a teammate. I think he's just saying, hey, guys, as a team, as a whole, we need to be better at 
coming together as a group and correcting our mistakes as a group. Um, yeah. I, you know, and no, go ahead. No, I wanted to get your thought too, as a coach, because um, I, like, you know, we're going to, we'll go through like the second, third period, but this is just a giant issue is if you were, you know, if you were named the coach of the Bruins today, as far as like consultant or assistant coach, and you were in charge of the power play, what the fuck would you do to fix this power play? Oh, God. <laughs> I think their issue is they're not simplifying things. They're getting over the blue line. They're carrying it in about four or five feet in. Then they're trying to make that fucking ringside pass instead of – and you don't even have to, like, fire it in. Chip it in and go by the guy, pick it up, and set it up. Mm-hmm. And just keep it simple. Keep the puck to the perimeter on the outside. Move it around. Get Burrage running in the bumper spot. Get him working. Tic-tac-toe pass. One shot, you got a goal. But they're coming in. Pass is trying to dangle at the blue line. I mean, they're just they're overcomplicating it. And I just think they need to get back to the basics of old-school hockey, chip it in and deep. Listen, worst case, best-case scenario is you chip it in past the D and you go to go by him. He's either going to turn and race you for the puck or he's going to try to hold you up and he's going to get an interference or holding penalty. Yeah. Which then now makes it a five on three. I, I don't, you know, I totally agree with you in like in the, in the limited hockey, I've, you know, I, I haven't I had the finer points of the game like you have, but I mean, you know, when they're standing up, when they got three across and they have, you know, one back um, right behind them, you know, they're, t- they're clearly taking away that entry. You got to just chip and chase and, and almost be like a have like a fourth line mentality and just yeah. go in there, get the puck and then move the puck quickly. And I feel like between them lacking confidence and them not simplifying the game, they're just, they're killing the penalty themselves. They, they really are. They're like, and the, the hard part is it's like, you can't, you know, and I always preach to my players. If we don't have a hundred percent control of the puck in a power play and we lose control of it and they get it, it's two, three guys on that guy automatically get the puck back and regroup it and set it up. Exactly. Like they're coming over the blue line, like I said before. Coming over the blue line, trying to dangle, stick handle, make that cross ice pass. Like instead of just doing like a little like 10, 15 foot chip off the boards, go around them, pick it up, set it up. Instead, they're, they're rimming it around and then just giving their D. That the the far side D pick the puck up, turn and get it out of the zone. And yeah, it, just it, you have to possess the puck on a power play. Exactly, you're not going to score otherwise. And it's all about a mentality to me. It's like I don't know. You know, first of all, if if I were if I were the coach, I would. We saw McAvoy do that once. Um, I would I would say, listen. You know, another guy I would have handling the puck on the power play as far as a guy who could chip it and go get it. And he has purpose when he skates as a guy like Taylor Hall and, um, you know, just, just have him chip it, go get it. And then here's the other thing too. Like if they're racing you for the puck, they got to make them pay the price more. I mean, and this isn't just the power play. I saw 176 pounds, Sebastian Ajo, absolutely land based Hampus Lindholm. Um, I saw another, I saw Vinny Trocek take a Liberty with Lindholm too. um, hit him up in the face. Like the Bruins have to, again, it's the playoffs. 
you have to pick your spots and be physical. I just feel like the Bruins, they didn't initiate that enough. I've in, in they well, they didn't retaliate, but they didn't initiate either. And in but getting back to what you said on the power play, it, it is about simplifying the game. And, and part of it's on Cassidy. Like this is this is why you have coaching. This has yep. gone on too long now. I mean, everybody was like, well, they missed Pasenak. They missed Pasenak. Well, now Pasenak's been back. He's been playing. This is bigger than Pasenak. The coaching, the, the coach has to be, has to hold these guys accountable. And this is also on the coach. It's not just the players. But and at the, the same play- time, like Cassidy's the head coach, which I get. Like he's the head, you know, head, head horseman. But then, you know, that you have your D coach and then your assistant, you know, associate head assistant coach is typically the guy that runs the power play. Exactly. And if, yeah. I, and if I'm remembering correctly, I'm pretty sure it's Chris Kelly. Well, realistically, <laughs> how much fucking time did that guy spend on the power play in his career? Probably I mean, not that fault much. is that? That's Don Sweet. You know? Again, we'll get back into this too. I, I think part of the problems they're having is, is their roster composition. But um, yeah, Chris Kelly, I mean, I liked him as a player, but he's, uh, you know, he's, he, he's not a power play. He's, he was never, I don't think he ever even played on the Bruins power play. And if no, he did, it was, a Bruin, because, he was like a fourth liner. Yeah, yeah. If he did play on the power play, it was because they were up nine to two or a bunch of injuries. Like I, I could never recall him on the power play. So. And going back to the power play thing real quick, like if you can't get the puck in the zone, if you can't, if you don't have the smarts to take a little chip, and get by the guy and pick it up and possess the puck, get a quality shot on net, and then balls to the walls to the front of the goalie so he has to tie it up, and then you got the O-zone face-off where you win the face-off with Bergeron, and then you can set it up, move it around, and get guys in place. Instead yeah. of just trying to force it, it's just it's, it's simple hockey. That's all it is, simple hockey. But it, They made it easier. They, they made it easy for Carolina when it came to the – they came to the uh, the penalty, them killing the penalty, Carolina killing the penalty, and the and the ancillary issue or benefit for Carolina is now the crowd's really into the game. Yeah, and um, you know they they have to come up with a plan, and you know I, I'm not sure what they can do. Um, well, we are sure what they can do. They get what, <laughs> what they're doing now clearly isn't working. It's like what's the definition of insanity? Just do the same thing over and over again. And never mm-hmm. score, never get a shot on net. I mean, well, it's like you know they, you know, like you alluded to earlier about like the physical contact. Like the only guy hitting on the Bruins is McAvoy. Yeah, with any kind of consistency, I thought the fourth line was okay last night. Um, you watch these other games, like fuck, man. Look at the the Toronto Tampa game, a line brawl. I'm watching the Rangers and the Penguins going back between the Rangers, Penguins, Capitals, Panthers. Just the body contact, the hitting it, it's that's real playoff hockey. You know, the Bruins are playing, you know, conservative hockey. You can't play conservative in the in the playoffs. I feel like they're playing regular season hockey, to be honest with you. So um, you know, what can they do to make um some adjustments? I mean, mm-hmm. they they I know they switched the D pairs up today. Yeah, but that's not gonna fucking do anything. Yeah, like I, know, you, I mean, you got Grizzlick who was playing with Carlo. Grizzlick, you know, made a bad play last night and and caused the the three one lead. So what do you do? You re, I don't want to say reward, but hey, we're gonna take you up the second pair and put you up on the first pair. 
I just don't think Carlo's that. I mean, uh, well, Carlo has had a horrible year. Like he's yeah. he's regressed big time. Like I thought eventually maybe he would snap out of it, but either he's hurt or he's just um, or, or he's just not he's just not right. But Grizzlick, again, I always felt Grizzlick was a third pair guy. He, he's definitely not an off brand Tory crew. He he just you know he he really is a third pair defenseman, and, and they have to overplay him because they don't really have anything else at this point. I mean, and then you think about it like. Who are you going to put in, like Mike Riley? I mean, eh. yeah, no, I really don't think so. I mean, I mean, Josh Brown's a right-handed defenseman. I mean, he basically is a right-handed Forbert. And I actually thought, I actually thought, for all the shit we've given him, I thought that the third pair D was were okay last night. I thought the fourth line was okay. The third line too last night. At one point, the shots were eleven nothing. Carolina when the coil line was on the ice that was uh now they picked it up in the third period um they played better in the third period they started they started uh you know getting pucks to the net and just being difficult to play against uh even getting in on the four check but um you know they they can't like those they can't be that much of a negative like they have to be they have to the the depth guys have to play even hockey and your best players have to play have to win you know, they have to win their matchups and, and they didn't get that. And they also didn't get uh, their depth guys really didn't step up. I, I mean, like I said, I thought the fourth line and the third pair were OK, but yeah, they just got they got to get more from the first line. Bottom line. No, I agree. And like you said earlier, like Marshawn's got to get his game back. And I don't think he's hurt. I don't think it's a physical thing. I, I think it's a mental thing with him because, you know, he he's had a few. um Incidents in the regular season, one cost in the suspension for four games or six games, right? <laughs> well, Beacon, good to have you, bud. Uh, you know, we were just yammering away about uh, about uh, our. Uh... I mean, how could you not yammer away after last night? I mean, I was watching the third period, and it, literally, I could just watch that uh, game falling away from them. It felt like the Bruins were in it first two periods; they just were getting it bad luck, bad bounces of the puck, and. Then the third period came around and they ran out of gas and Carolina just pulled away. Bruins getting outscored 21 to two on the season in four games against this team. And I'm pretty sure we've already brought this up in the podcast, but I don't know, man, something's got to change. They got to figure out something. Otherwise their season's going to be over really soon. They, they cannot come back to Boston Friday night down two games. They yeah. just cannot. They need a split. You have to take advantage against the third, uh, third string goaltender and, Deal a win and then hope you can uh, get some lucky bounces yourself with the puck over the next couple of games because this is going to be a grinded out series. It doesn't matter if they're down to their weakest link in net. They still have all the talent in the world on their uh, front lines and on their defensive bearing. I, this is a team that I did not want to face in the first round and now we're seeing why. No, I, I agree. I, I didn't want to face them in the first round either, but they, you know, switching gears a little bit, looking at what Toronto did to Tampa last night. I don't really know if I'd want to play them for game one either. They right. put an I mean, absolute ass at, on them. I mean, you just look at the, uh, just the studs they have on those front lines in Toronto at like Austin Matthews, especially who's been leading the league in scoring guy has been an absolute force all season long, but still, I just feel like going up against Toronto, there's just that possibility that the curse would creep into their mentality and you could, definitely steal a series whereas Carolina I think has just had the Bruins number all season long 
left and right. Every game up and down the lineup, they just have been outclassed uh, top to bottom. And it's kind of stunning. I haven't seen the Bruins struggle against a team like this in quite some time. Uh, no, yeah, no, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, no, it's just, um, I feel like it's a per- uh, perfect, like, storm, <laughs> no pun intended, of um, <laughs> Dave, you know, we talked about, Clance and Chiggs have talked about teams that have not only, it, it's a perfect synthesis coming together of they have the talent, they're maturing, they're still young, and they have They've been battle tested. They they know what it takes to win. They've they've had they've experienced failure, and um, you know, they they definitely seem like to be a team on a mission. And the Bruins have to flat out. The Bruins have to match that intensity. You know, start obviously they got to put the puck in the net, but they have to do the right things to put them in position to put the puck in the net. And that's taking the body. That's simplifying their game, dumping the puck, going get the puck. Um, pucks to the net, people to the net. That's how Carolina scored their first two goals. First goal, um, it was a tip again, traffic in front. Second goal, D'Angelo made a nice pass over to Tara Vinen, who had a ton of time and space, um, which you can't have in any game, but especially in the playoffs. And Stahl was in front of the net, perfect screen, and Grizzlick. Couldn't move him, and in Carlo was I, I don't know what he was doing, but again they were they were both you know not in position to clear out the front of the net and give Allmark uh, a chance to see the puck, and they had there were no layers there from the forwards to you know try and bother the shot or make terror um, make um, what was it no is Nino Nina Rider I think uh, Nino Nina Rider make a make a pass there and it just there it is it's two nothing and now you're really chasing the game. Um, and the, the Bruins have to, they have to match that intensity. They have to, and they have to get a lead. They have to score first. None of these games this year against Carolina, they've scored first, make Carolina play from behind and, you know, playing from behind coaches have said is losing hockey to begin with, but mm-hmm. you know, they need now, to play yeah. the lead. Yeah, and you mentioned it right there, Merrill. They have to play with some fire. You're losing to a mid-market team that really is just starting to fall in love with hockey, I think. Um, I don't know if you guys follow this guy, Tim Rosenthal. He works for Bruins Daily, which I think is a blogging website. But he was just riding around in an Uber listening to Sports Talk Radio earlier. And apparently, yeah, there was a uh, – their Sports Talk DJ down there basically uh, came out and said that this is a hockey city. It's time to proclaim the series is over because Tuka Rask is stinking in net right now. Just goes to show you what's going on right there. They don't even know who's in net for the bees right now. So <laughs> you should be pissed if you're a Boston fan right now. That's sad. <laughs> that is that's sad. pretty sad. <laughs> it is. Uh, uh, it, it's no, they got a hell of a hockey team, though. I mean, Carolina, um, Brenda Moore has got them playing well, and it's a well-built team. And um, just uh, this just flashed in front of me. This has probably been um, news for a few hours, but um, I know we were talking about the shit show that was the Philadelphia Flyers, but Mike Yo will not be back as coach of the, I, the Philadelphia Flyers. I saw that he got fired. Thank God. Good. You know, I mean, I say good. I, you know, I'm sure he's probably an all right guy, but that he's just. Um, I just didn't see that working down there between the Yandel thing. And just the way they were playing, um, yeah, it just it, it wasn't a good fit. It wasn't a good fit from the beginning. 
you know, when, um, when the blues fire you and then go on to win the Stanley cup, that, that kind of says, that kind of says something right there. Like when the, when the Penguins fired Mike Johnston, they brought in Mike Sullivan. They won a, a cup that year, and then they won it again. You know, you didn't hear anything from Mike Johnston again. There's a reason for that. Yeah. So I'm going to show what the Flyers were thinking. But getting back to this, uh, getting back to this series, um, what are you guys looking for out of the Bruins in Game Two? Not just it could be uh, a strategy, a strategic change. It could be. Just uh, just how they open up the game, uh, what, emotionally. What are you looking for from this team? I'm looking uh, for a close game that is decided by less than five goals. That would be a different. That would be different from the first few games. Uh, but yeah, count, Clance, what, were you, what open, were you going to say? I don't count open net goals. I think I think the open net <laughs> goal thing is fucking ridiculous. In my eyes, you take back those two open net goals. It's a three-one game. You know. Um, I'm looking for them to come out and play with a chip on their shoulder, fire under their ass, and with a little bit of, of desperation. You know, I think you'll see like, that though. Act like this it's game, game seven. This team comes together and rallies around its veterans, and I get the sense, not informed, that Citrus Bergeron, like we all think, might be nearing the end. So I have a feeling they're not just going to, you know, roll over and crumble. I think they're going to uh, try and fight and try to get back into this series. It's going to have to start in game two, however. You guys see this resurgence right away because it could get uh, away from them really quickly. Well, that, that's the only thing is, you know, the, I feel like they should take a page out of Carolina's book when it comes to, like, if you watch Carolina, they're very, very good at taking away your time and space and basically smothering you. And I think the Bruins should try doing that and see how Carolina reacts to it. You know, if it works, and keep doing it. and. You know, they just they gotta play with a with a fuck you type attitude. Like I'm watching these games right now, like the the Florida Washington game, the Rangers um pit game, and just like the intensity, like the, the scrums in front of the net alone is more intense than what the Bruins did last night, you know. Um but and I, I agree with you, Beacon. I, I think we'll see some desperation play, but I don't I don't know. I think they're kind of on their heels a little bit, but you know, again, this is why I said beginning the podcast. This is why we play seven games. I think it was pretty telling at the end of uh, during the press conference last night. Taylor Hall coming out and basically calling out Grizz like that. This team is. I don't know. I'm not saying they're feeling it per se, but there's some tension right now. This team has to find a way to rally into the series. And I, I hear this saying on the sports hub all the time: winning is a great deodorant. They start winning games against the team that's been giving them problems all year. They could go on a very deep run. That's what I think. I think that this type of series, if they catch fire and catch lightning in a bottle, going around against this tough team, that could spark them on a deep run. But it's going to be easier said than done. They they have to, you know, they have to, like I said, simplify the game, people and pucks to the net, hit everything that moves, get in front of Ranta, get right in his kitchen. I mean, you know. Be right. Let them know you're there. Snow shower them. You know, don't take a penalty, but you know, be right in front of his grill. Take away his eyes, and uh, you know, they just have to play. They they just have to play like pricks. They they can't. They they have to have an attitude that I'm going to be refused. I am going to not be denied. I'm going to the net hard, 
anybody in front of the net, anybody in front of Allmark is getting driven to the ice, cleared out. Nobody, you know, after the whistle, I'm going to be right in their face. My concern, and this is just an overall concern of the makeup of the team, I don't know if they have it in them, at least not collectively. A few guys might have it in them. I don't know if everybody on that team has that in them. We're going to find out. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, you know, Beacon, like, I know you just mentioned about, you know, Taylor Hall kind of calling out Grizzly, which could have been the case. Um, He he had a, he was kind of right on the play. The Bruins had just scored. They cut it to a one goal game. They sold out on the play because they were playing with a little desperation a little earlier than I thought. At the Um, same time. I have an an important call coming in. I, I can call you guys back in a little bit. (laughs) <laughs> oh, he just knew because I was going to fucking show him up on his comment, but <laughs> no, you know what, you know, though, the first comment he made really, when I think of like all the other games, like over the course of like the end of the season, when they've kind of fallen back to earth, it's like, well, they got 50 shots, but it's not, it's not really about the shots. It's about where the shots are coming from. Is there traffic in front of the net? Is, is there, is the shot with purpose? You know, it, it's it's a bunch of things. It's a it's a kind of a I don't want to say a, a, a loaded stat, but it, it's a it's kind of shots are kind of a circumstantial stat. Like Clance, you could take a shot from the blue line, and it could just be you know whether you, whether you smash a slap shot or you're just trying to get something to the net. But if there's nobody in front or guys are just hovering, it's not gonna the chances go down of anything good happening with that shot or as if you know. I'm blast. I'm in front of the net. I'm screening the goalie. You got somebody in the slot driving the net. Like, you know, you shoot low for a rebound. You see what I mean? Like there's so many circumstances that can dictate if a shot is actually a real quality shot versus just a, you know, a can of corn. Oh, absolutely. I mean, just to, to, you know, play devil's advocate here with um, Beacon's comment about Taylor Hall and Grizzlick's play. Grizzlick never makes that play if Taylor Hall hits the net. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's a true statement. I mean, you know, if it's uh, if it's like, and you just the coaching point, if it's a low, you know, it's a low shot, it's it's a rebound. Um, maybe it maybe it hits the hits the back of the boards, but it doesn't it doesn't take that crazy slingshot carom. And now. Um, you know, Grizzly has to make a decision there, but um, I think I, I think you know maybe it was also a hint of frustration on Hall's part um, overall that you know he probably feels like you know he the, the, he needs more out of the you know the first line needs to be you know carrying their weight too. Um, I, I just think you know they get the they get the first goal of the game preferably it's it's Marchand or Bergeron that scores or Pasternak those three and they just and it just wakes them up it's like that sleeping giant that gets woken up and now they're like all right we're back i scored a goal you know let's go let's fucking go and that momentum carries them through yeah i mean that that's what you can hope for um but it's just you know, it, it actions got to speak louder than words. So the Bruins just need to come out and, and do it and show show the the rest of the league and the, and the fans that last night's game was was a fluke. 
and they mean business and they're going to fuck shit up come Wednesday night. Yeah, I, I agree. They just, they got to play with that confidence again. Um, how did you question, how did you feel that Hampus Lindholm played? I thought he played well, not as good as he did in the regular season. Um, but I mean, I thought, I, I don't think he hurt us. I, I think Kylo and Grizzlick are the ones that hurt us. And now I kind of feel bad for Lindholm because he's being paid with fucking Carlo Wednesday night. You know. Yeah, I and I I watched Cassidy's interview today, his press conference, and he was talking about the the change of you know the deep pairings and stuff like that. And he said one of the main reasons why he's doing it is because you know Charlie does McAvoy does a very good job of escaping from the zone with the puck, and so does Lind Lindholm. So I think he kind of you know was hinting towards splitting them up so McAvoy can kind of be that go-to guy in the first pair where he also has chemistry with Grizzly, and then Lindholm can be the go-to guy in the second pair and be that McAvoy but of the second pair you know yeah I, I think I think switching the D pairs up after one game is a little you know fast trigger pull I'd give it at least two games you know, it could have been a little fluke, you know, a little playoff nerves or something. I don't know. But I just feel like splitting them up that quickly after one game is a little much. Uh, but then again, I'm just a, a, a fucking peasant that played D3 college hockey and now fucking do a, podcast in, my, do a podcast in my basement while Ben stuffs his face. Fucking 40, <laughs> who, who takes 45 minutes to eat fucking dinner? <laughs> well, you know to go on the point of um of Lindholm I thought he was fine I, I didn't like the I didn't like him uh getting hit by Aho like that but you know what I mean that's gonna happen as a defenseman you're gonna you're gonna take some you're gonna give some like the old the old saying take a hit to make a play um I definitely see the the logic of, of having you know two puck movers on the first two pairs between McAvoy with Grizzlick and um in Lindholm with Carlo. My thing, my thing is too is like if they get a lead, well, hopefully this is a good problem to have. They have the lead with five minutes left and you pair up McAvoy and Lindholm to carry him in down the stretch. You know what I mean? You you have that pair to go always go back to. You know it works and you can go back to it. Um Again, like I don't mean to toot my own horn as far as what we talked about before the series, but I, I said the keys keys of the series in my eyes was how the third line played. They played like shit for two thirds of the game. Um, Brandon Carlo um, was was uh, basically a, a traffic cone out there. Um, Jake DeBrusque, I mean, eh, I mean, if I had to give him a grade, I'd say probably a C. I mean, he, I mean, the flyby there wasn't great there. If he stops up at the paint, maybe he whacks that in before Cole can get down. And I thought Olmark was okay. I mean, I, I thought that Olm none of the goals were really Olmark's fault outside of the, the Trocheck one. He could have played a little better, but I mean, you know, it's the defenseman's responsibility if they're able to, to clear, if, if they're in the position to, to clear out traffic in front of the net. That's a, that's a big role of a defenseman. And on two of those, he was, uh, he was screened. So, yeah. Um, you know, now you, you know, when a, we've been both been around hockey enough to, you know, especially you to know that like, you know, when the goalie needs to be pulled, 
you know, when you're like, Jesus Christ, like, like, like there's like Mike Smith with Edmonton. I only saw him last night. Like that's the, that's the only thing that went right for me last night. As far as my playoff predictions, I thought that Mike Smith was a weak link and he, um, he cost the Oilers that game, but um, you know, it, I thought that the, the Bruins goaltending was fine last night. It was good enough to win. They, again, if you score the first goal of the game, which they haven't done against Carolina all season, it's a whole different game. It really is. It's, it's a whole different mindset for both teams. So, um, you know, I, would you change up any of the forward lines? No, I, I'd leave everything as is. And, I, again, I don't think Lindholm played bad. I, I think the Trocek no. goal, like you said earlier, he could have played a, the angle a lot better. But, I mean, he made some good saves. I mean, I, I'm happy with, with the way he played, and, I, you know, I'm glad Cassie's going with him game, you know, for game two. And, you know, in the end, you, you got to play with desperation. you got to play with that heart, that fire, that, that fuck you type attitude, and, you know, go out and get that fucking W and do what it takes. You know? Yeah, I, right. uh, I, I agree. And, you know, um, I, I don't think anybody, you know, for, for one, you know, to, to have pull people out of the lineup after game one is unless somebody did something egregious, I, I think is a panic uh, move. And plus, you know, it's it's a little easier to, to if you do make a goalie change, if, if God forbid, you know, he, Omar gives up a six spot or something. You bring you have Swayman in game two, game three at home. It, it's a little softer of a landing, um, but I, I honestly don't think. I think these games are going to be close games. Um, again, un, unless the Bruins, you know, get down on themselves and they stop, they they need to play with confidence. They need to get that first goal. They get the first goal. These games are going to be a grind. If they allow Carolina to dictate play and dump the puck in and and cycle and go low to high, they're going to have problems because the other thing too, that, that plays into the advantage of Carolina is Boston doesn't do a good enough job collectively um, handling those passes up against Carolina. Anyway, handling those, those uh, quick passes up by the blue line, like D'Angelo had to need a rider and they don't do a well enough. They don't do a good enough job in front of their own net as far as clearing out uh, bodies. Like that has to improve. That's basic hockey. Well, because there's no, there's no grit. There's no, there's no toughness back there. You know, with besides McAvoy, there's really no like Forbert, big body. I mean, Josh Brown would would throw his body around out there and get those guys out out of the front of the net, but they just don't have that intensity that is needed to win a playoff game. But that being said, if they go on and win Game Two, which I think they will take the momentum away from Carolina coming into game three at home playoff environment, having that momentum is going to be huge for them to win, to go up two one in the series. Oh, I think, yeah, I, I think if it's one, one going back to the garden, I think the roof is going to blow off on Friday. I, yeah. I, I think, I think if it's, um, if it's two, nothing, in my opinion, Carolina, I mean, I, I think the series is basically over. And um, I mean, anything can happen, but I mean, the, the, the odds swing way in the, in the leading team's favor, obviously. I mean, it's a, I'm not a, you know, a freaking expert, but I know that, you know, two nothing lead is a two nothing lead. And um, especially with the way Carolina plays with such structure, but again, go just get back to Boston one, one in the series. And then 
We'll take it from there. Then it's a five-game series, basically. Then all the other shit we talked about tonight is a distant memory. We throw it out the window, and we have a basically a clean slate if it's 1-1 going back to Boston. Um, so that's what I'm hoping for. Um, my mind is a little uh, – thinks you know, my heart is, is – pull- obviously, I want the Bruins to win. My head is saying, I, I don't know, but we'll see, you know. We'll see how they respond. This is going to show us what kind of character this team has, what what they have inside their sweater. No, we're definitely going to find out. That is no doubt, boys. And uh, to be honest with you, what I saw, Carolina just flat out dominated most of that play. And it looked bad in some spots, real bad. So I'm really hoping that the uh, veteran leadership of the team gets that spark going and they can – Teach the young ones. That's really what needs to happen here. ASAP. Uh, but like you just said, Merrill, just go back 1-1, one, one, make it a five-game series, hit them hard. And, the best uh, scenario, Benny, do. the best scenario, Ben, would be for me, like I was telling Clance, was, you know, they score first, and it's Bergeron, Marchand, or Pasternak that get the goal, and the, the bench just, you know, rises up. It wakes everybody up. It's like, all right, here we go. We, we're back. You know, preferably even too. As crazy as it sounds, I mean, obviously you got to play five on five, and and you have to play well five on five, or ain't winning shit. But preferably, like if they could ever they get a goal in the power play, now you know, now you got it going. Now you really, you know, you 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 slayed, you know, two dragons at once. You know, you get you you have you know Martian or whoever ends up scoring it. It's going to be probably one of those three and. They did it against a pretty damn good, um, the best penalty kill in the uh, in in the league to boot, and now they're off and running. But you know, it's it's gonna it's gonna tell us a lot about this team, and I hope um, you know I hope that they uh, that they can answer. I have a little bit of a question, like we were saying about uh, are they physically capable to push back in the grit and bear and go to the net and go to the dirty areas and just say, I'm not going to be fucking denied. I'm going to the net. I'm clearing out the net. I'm getting pucks deep. I'm smashing this. I'm, I'm going to make body contact on this four check. This defenseman is going to feel my wrath. I don't know if enough guys have that, but they need to find it. They need to find it or, um, or they're in trouble. Watching a bunch of the games around the league last night, especially tonight, even, You know, there's a lot of big, bad hockey to be played. And I watched St. Louis manhandle the wild in front of their home crowd. And that looked even worse than what Carolina was doing to us. And they did that. I mean, we'll talk about Jared Spurgeon's actions in a moment as well. But that was just a wild game. The St. Louis Blues beating the wild in shutout fashion like that. Huso, not bad for the kid, huh? No, I thought he played great. I mean, I'm sure Biddington's probably pissed off. <laughs> you know, this kid Uso keeps playing that way. He's he's taken over. Yeah, I, I, you know, I thought the playoffs as a whole last night, outside of the Oilers Kings game, I thought it was a fucking dud. I don't think I've been that disappointed in playoff hockey overall in a long time. The games were were not close. Um, you know, Tampa getting their heads kicked in. And it's not just the fact that, like, <laughs> my picks were – at least the first night game one went to shit. But, like, 
you know, I just want to see good, you know, when we're not talking about the Bruins right now, we're just talking about the, you know, the games as a whole. I just want to see good hockey. You know, you want to see close games, you know, we all like to see, you know, the fights and, and the big hits, but just competitive playoff edge of your seat hockey. And we didn't, we didn't get that out unless you stayed up and, and watched uh, Mike Smith implode uh, like three river stadium on demolition day. You know, I, you'd uh, the, the games were, were non-competitive and I was really surprised at, at the wild and blues game. I thought that was going to be a tough, close game. And uh, St. Louis just manhandled them. I mean, they're like Shig said, they're a, they're a sneaky wagon. They've got some, they've got some, uh, they got playoff hardened guys that again, that kind of don't get the credit that they should, you know, even though a lot of those guys were on the cup team. So. Right. Right. Yeah. And of course, uh, Clance, I'm sure you saw uh, Clifford's cheap shot, man. Gets him a game suspension to uh, Toronto. What an man. idiot. What is with what, this what guy? What an absolute idiot. Like first period, like no need to even do it. Like he didn't do anything. It wasn't like a cheap shot of one of your team. Like, and he's a veteran player too of like 70, 71 playoff games or something like that, you know, with, with the Kings. And that was just a dumb play and he deserves, deserves to be suspended. And to be honest with you, I don't see him in the, going to be in the lineup anymore for the playoffs for the, uh, for the Leafs. No, it was just a bad hit, bad play. And it just, it was so malicious when you watch the replay, it's just like my jaw Puck actually blew open. I just said, Whoa, Why? Why? Puck was gone. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was long gone. It was nowhere near him. I mean, in that game alone, there was Clifford um, getting kicked out and suspended. I think total there was like three players, three or four players were fined because of the line brawl that happened. But that's playoff hockey. Like, get in there and fuck each other up. You know, you got what's-his-name from Tampa going to the bench, gushing blood in his face. Like, that's Jan a Ruda. playoff hockey. Yeah, that's what playoff hockey's about, you know. Show some fucking heart. Crazy, 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 crazy. Uh, get some more uh, games happening tonight as well. I don't have the whole lineup list in front of me, but man, oh man, Denton, New York are tied three three right now. I don't have eyes on the uh, Washington uh, Florida game right now. Clance, do you? Um, we have two. Florida up two one right now. Yeah, two end of the one. Second. You're heading into the third, that's right. 3-3, three, three, like you just said here. And then Colorado, Nashville getting set to get underway. Uh, looks and like then about Dallas and tonight. Calgary tonight, too. Yeah, that's going to be another good one right there. Uh, lots of hockey. You know, this is the, the best time of the year, if you ask me. This is playoff time, and I'm just really happy that there's something decent to watch every single night now. It's great because it's certainly not the Red Sox or Celtics are doing pretty good, too, obviously. Good luck to them in Game 2. I have no idea what the score is right now. But, you know, it's a good time to be a uh, Boston fan once again. And I think we've gotten a little accustomed to saying that, but I still love it. Still has a good ring. Oh, absolutely. There's nothing better than the fact that there's really hockey on every single night. And my wife loves it because that means I'm usually either downstairs watching it or in a room by myself watching it while she's getting caught up on Real Housewives of every fucking state in America. TV trash shows. <laughs> tell us how you really feel, buddy. It's all good. I, I, I tell her all the time. I was like, oh, what are you watching now? Like Real Housewives of Texas, Real Housewives of Atlanta. It, it's just like, who like who the fuck makes these shows up? 
the same people that brought you MTV before it came to a horrible collapse with, uh, you know, back to hockey. Thank goodness yeah. there's plenty <laughs> of it. Uh, so, yeah, back to it here on the WMEX Sports Podcast Network. You never know what you're going to get here, but you're always going to get top hockey. That's what's up. Boys, uh, how, how often are you listening to the station? Because we're plugging this all the time now, and you know you can always stream it at WMEXBoston.com where we just play all the greatest hits of all time go from uh go from little richard to uh you know uh robin thick wh- whatever you want right no nah, i don't think we'd ever i don't know about that but who knows good lord i don't know why i don't know why i thought of uh, i thought of those two uh, out, of all, out of all all the fucking musicians in the world those are the two you pick hey it, i'd be more like yeah going from like aerosmith to like Fucking Kenny Chesney or something like it, reasonable joke, to, you know. <laughs> big bopper to uh, I don't know, whatever. All right. Well, anything else that we're gonna cover? Another uh, flashbang episode here of Causeway Kings, or uh, what do you think? Are we just gonna be watching the Florida Panthers uh, try to win this one in front of a packed home stadium? I don't know if this place has been sold out in a long time. I haven't seen it that packed since uh, in the '96 uh, run they had. Yeah, no, I'm going, I, I'm going back and forth between both games, and I'll probably end up, when we sign off for the night, I'm going to go in bed and relax and put some ice on my shoulder and, uh, you know, watch some good hockey and fall asleep to it. Um, but, no, actually, guys, we, we, you know, looking forward to next week. We actually are going to have a guest on next week. Yeah, let's plug him. Um, yep, yeah, uh, his name is John Lounsbury, local guy from uh, Winthrop, Massachusetts. Um, legend in the hockey game in the local area. He was actually a, the skating coach for a little bit for the Florida Panthers, um, head coach of the um, Walpole Express junior team, the top team, uh, vice president of gel sticks, which is um, like a, a weight, weighted hockey stick for training. Now they do like golf shafts and, and lacrosse sticks. And um, he also Ooh. works for Adam, Adam Oates, ex, you know, um, Bruin, NHL Hall of Famer. He does amazing shit with like, yeah, like, with, with like, analytics. And um, yeah, so John's working for him. And I, I, you know, I'm, I'm really, really excited to have him on to really pick his brain about that side of the game. Like, when you're breaking down these players, like, what, how does it work? Like, what tech, like, what do you, I'm just very excited to, to pick his brain on that stuff. Yeah. What are they looking for in, you know, player evaluation, but also just like, when an NHL player, you know, obviously comes to him, like, you know, we hear all the time about players looking to get to the next level. Well, these guys have already achieved that, you know, the top level. What are they working on? What are they trying to do to get better? And what what are they having them do? Like, what are they, what paces are they putting them through? I know, too, a lot of, you know, just hearing Adam Motes and some of the interviews he's done, a lot of it, too, is like film work and mm-hmm. and really, like, not just being on the ice for the player. Obviously they do those things too, as far as, as drills and skills, but just like, here's, here's what you're doing. You know, like having the player like really watch himself, even down to like the minutia, breaking it down frame by frame. So yeah, John Lonsbury is going to be an ama- awesome guest to just, I mean, again, just a, a wealth of hockey knowledge coming right to our listeners. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, he was a, a stud, you know, in local high school hockey, he went on and played um, at Bridgeton Academy, which, um, he actually still holds the school record for most goals and points in a season. 
Wow. Which is, which is impressive. And what, you know, if people don't know Bridgeton Academy is, you know, it's a, a prep school up in Maine. Um, and it's, they do post-grad only. So there's no like ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th grade. It's all post-grad. So you're only there for one year, you know, and there's been some great plays come through that program. And the fact that he still holds a record is amazing. You know, he was then went on to Southern Maine. He was where he was a, a two-time college All-American and the all-time leading defenseman in scoring for Southern Maine. And then he went on and played years in the Southern Pro League and stuff. So, you know, it's great. going to be a great interview. A um, lot, of, lot of stuff to talk about with him. So I'm, I'm excited for that for next week. Yeah, he's also a coach at Holy Cross as well. So D1 coach yep. has worked, um, you know, has worked. You know, he went to back to Bridgeton, was a head coach, obviously uh, skating coach for the Florida Panthers, worked with Adam Oates. So guy knows his hockey. You know, he's not just a, a babbling idiot like myself. So. But I'm your babbling idiot, Ben. You're. That's right. Oh, oh. We, have a, we have a surprise visitor, boys. We do. And making oh, hey. a special appearance, Clance, is this little wee Easton. This is Easton. Is that Great your? De- that's your defense partner, right? Yes, he is. Oh, boy. Oh, a good boy, huh? Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, get down. Good snorts. There it is. Oh. He's like, Dad. Is there any food up here? No, he's all, he's all he's all revved up now. There any spaghetti? Spaghetti. <laughs> That's great. All right, well, boys. This has been another fun episode. I'm looking forward to some more hockey. We're gonna be doing more of these uh, little flashbang episodes. And uh, here's to it. Another night, gentlemen. Have a wonderful night. And as always, let's, let's go, go bees. bees. Hey, it actually worked. Score first and fucking win.